The scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. So the scripture says that now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. I wonder if he was bringing whipping cream. <laughs> Probably. The Jesus I have in mind, the Jesus I have formed in my heart and mind through the years of reading scripture, and I have to confess, watching uh, quite a few movies about Jesus and series about Jesus, I think Jesus enjoyed whipped cream. The kingdom of God is near, he said. And then he went off to gather a team. He gathered himself a team, a team of people. So last week we talked about Calling. Remember, we talked about what you have been called to. Today, we continue with the topic of calling, obviously, um, because Jesus is going around calling people, calling people. Some people he chose. Uh, and it's interesting the kind of people Jesus chose to be in his team because they were quite diverse. We talk about a lot, we're talking a lot about diversity in our church uh, lately. And uh, Jesus was all about diversity, obviously, because his team was very diverse. He had men and women. Yes, you heard me correctly. He had men and women. He had uh, rich and poor. He had politicians and people from the fringes. He had re uh, revolutionaries in his team. Um, he has had a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. So how was this call that made people drop everything on the spot and follow him? What, what was about Jesus and what was about the calling that made people not even to say, well, give me a couple days to think about it. I'll go home and uh, write the pros and cons of following you. I, 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 I will take under advisement your call. Uh, not, not, rather, they dropped everything on the spot. Whatever they were doing, they dropped it and followed him. So what was about Jesus and this call? It was a difficult call from the let-go. 
the first thing about this call is that it's a call to change. Yes, I did mention the C word. If mostly everybody hate change. Mostly everybody uh, resists change. And mostly everybody with love and dreams about nothing changing in their life, especially the good things. Especially the good things. We don't want that to be changed. We don't want to change. Um, some crazy ones here and there, like myself, I love, I, I thrive on change. But, but we are the crazy ones, really. The normal people, they don't like change. So if you don't like change, don't think you, you're wrong, don't think you're weird. Uh, maybe we, the people who like change, are the weird ones. That's okay. Um, in those days, uh, when a, a, a Jewish boy was born, the parents immediately started thinking about who was going to be their teacher. It's like pretty much when your kid starts kindergarten, you're already thinking about Harvard, you know? That's, that's the, that was the mentality among the well-to-do Jewish uh, families. Uh, a Jewish boy was born, and uh, who's going to be his rabbi? Who's going to be his teacher? Uh, not girls. Sadly, girls, they didn't have a teacher. They couldn't learn. They couldn't study. That, that was a different world. But for the boys, this was for the boys. So there were some who were not well-to-do who did not have the opportunity of having a good teacher. So they either went with the mediocre teachers, you know, like most, many people who have, go, have to go to mediocre schools, uh, some schools that don't have a good track record, schools that, when, uh, that has, have a high rate of uh, dropouts, schools that have uh, disciplinary problems, you know. It was similar to that. It was like uh, not the best rabbis around. And some others had to go to work since they were very young and they didn't have the benefit of having a teacher at all. And those were, some of those were fishermen. In this passage, it talks about uh, Peter and Andrew. Um, yeah, Peter and Andrew. And, uh, and it talks about, I said Peter and I kind of wanted to correct myself because his name was Simon at the time, but he became Peter. Um, and the children of Zebedee, uh, John and James. Zebedee was also a fisherman. So this was from generation to generation where people had to work and couldn't, couldn't really afford to have a good teacher. So here comes Jesus. Jesus is a rabbi. Jesus is a teacher. Jesus is a very well-known teacher. Jesus, although this is the beginning of his ministry, he's already well-known because he's announcing a kingdom that is of God and not like the Roman kingdom that was oppressing them at the time. And he is already making 
uh, healings and giving good news to people. So there's a lot of talk about Jesus. And Jesus comes to the shore. And here are the fishermen who don't have a future other than fishing. No dreams other than fishing. No expectation about their life other than probably raising their kids, their sons, to be fishermen as well. And Jesus said, if you want a teacher, I'm available. If you want a good teacher, I'm the best. Jesus would be humbler than that, but he was the best. So no wonder they drop everything. Because what Jesus has to offer goes beyond their expectations and beyond their dreams. They never saw themselves as students of a very famous teacher. They never saw themselves as uh, recipients of new teachings, new doctrines, where things were completely the opposite of what they had learned before, where the, the least are the first, the last are the first, and the least are the most important. Where, where you serve God and serve others instead of looking for favors and benefits and privileges. Where in their position as poor working class people, they were brought to preeminence and brought to an important place in society. They had never heard those things. And all of a sudden, Jesus, who's teaching all these new theories and new theologies and new uh, ways of seeing the old religion, is calling them. And he's right there in person. They didn't even send a letter to their home. He's right there in person. He's saying, if you want this for your life, Follow me. It's a change to your whole life. It's a change to your whole universe, your universe of thinking, your universe of uh, having things or doing things or not having things and feeling bad about it. This is a new thing. Now, Isaiah, like 800 years before, had announced that God was doing a new thing. And all of a sudden, here is Jesus embodying that new thing. This is new. You're going to have to change if you want this. You're going to have to leave all this stuff behind if you want this life. They were going to learn a lot more about their own lives if they followed Jesus. They were going to learn a few more things that could have been unsettling for anybody, but not for these rough, rough around the edges, fishermen, who even walking with Jesus day in and day out had a hard time understanding him. They were going to learn a lot about him, about God, and about themselves if you are ready to change, come and follow me. That's why they drop everything. That's the most exciting thing about God's calling on your life, that God calls you to drop everything, 
Because what you have known has brought nothing but stress to your life. Because what you have known has brought nothing but anxiety. What you have known has brought uh, all kinds of things that make you feel less than the person God wants you to be. But when God calls you, God says, now I'm going to take you and make a completely new thing with you, with your reality. And you are going to be happy, and you are going to feel whole, and you are going to know that you are the recipient of God's favor. No matter who you are, no matter how you are, because who you are is who God made, and it's good. The second thing that is involved in this calling is that it's a call to be brave. It's a call to dare. Dare to be different. Dare to be spiritual. Dare to give God more than what you have given so far in terms of dedication, devotion, time, resources, everything. Give God a little more, and you will see what happens. God will give you more blessings than you even dream. God will bless your life in ways and in places that you have not even dared to talk to God about. God will change you as a person. And this is the call to this fisherman. Look, Simon and Andrew were casting the nets. They were casting the nets. Doing the same routine every day. If they were casting the nets, it was probably the wee hours in the morning. Four or five o'clock in the morning. And that was their life. Getting up that early, going to the shore, and casting the nets. There was nothing outside of that in their lives. No a different day. No an exciting thing to hope. They hoped for fish to come into the nets. And that's all they had. And Jesus is saying, dare to dream and dare to see that there is a world beyond your nets. Now, James and John are mending the nets. Not only they're casting nets, but they use old nets. Nets that are broken and they have to mend them because they don't have enough means to buy new nets or to make new nets. Did they make them? Did they buy them? I don't know. But they were mending. And this word mending called my attention because I think that many of us, when God calls us, we are in the business of mending lives, mending our lives. We're trying to mend our memories. We're trying to mend our relationships. We're trying to mend or reconcile the fact that we have not really known who we are or why we are on this earth. 
And then Jesus comes and says, I know you. I have been seeing you. And you don't need to do this work anymore because I will make everything new. But you need to dare to believe and you need to dare to make decisions that take you out of your comfort zone. You will never amount to much if you want to pursue comfort, comfort in, your, in your life, if you only want to pursue comfort, if you only want to pursue your well-being, if you only want to think about what's good for your belly. Ah, I'm sorry, but that's a petty life. But if you want to follow me, you don't have any idea the kind of adventures you're going to live. These men and women lived for three years following Jesus. They went places. They healed people. They talked about the kingdom. They learned the things they had to say. They uh, casted out demon, demons. We, uh, they, they, they did all these things that they had never dreamed they would do. They dared the law. They had grown up knowing a little bit about the law, and, and they were able to dare those things, like when they ate without washing their hands, for example. Ooh, big thing. They dared the concept of sin. That reminds me a little bit of what we have to do in our journey when we are surrounded by a universal church that tells us what sin is. And we say, no, in our guts we know that it's not. Daring to be the person Jesus calls us to be. And the last thing in this call is to follow. They dropped the nets. They dropped everything to follow him. This is the story of the call of only four of the disciples. We know there were 12 men and there were a bunch of women. All the women that were with him at the foot of the cross. We know the calling of some of the women, like Mary Magdalene. And we know how she was blessed by Jesus, and she blessed Jesus, and she followed him every day. We are called to follow. To follow means to learn. To follow means to obey. To follow means to understand who he is, and understand who we are in this relationship. To follow is to establish a relationship, a relationship of blessing, a relationship of joy, a relationship of work, a relationship of commitment. We already know a few things about that, don't we? 
I don't know where in your life you need change or courage or a sense of direction. Following Jesus is getting a sense of direction. I don't know if you're in your life, in your personal life, you need any of these things. But I know that I know that God is calling. God is calling you. God is calling me. God is calling each one of us. What I cannot tell you is what that call is. Because that's between you and God. But I pray that you may discover that very soon if you don't know what it is. And I will pray for this. In Jesus' name. Amen.